just a minute to do my sharing. Okay, that being done, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, dear kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for bringing us safely through another week to the Sabbath day. We thank you for the Sabbath day, Lord, and for the blessings that we have received thus far this day. We ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit as we begin this lesson study, and I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. I pray, Lord, that you will prepare us and seal us for this time, Lord Jesus, and prepare us for your soon return. I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, open up our understanding, that we may glean principles of truth from this lesson study, that we may carry with us and apply in our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that in all, after it's all said and done, and after we study this day, that you may be glorified, Lord, uh, in all that we think, do, and say in the coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we have read uh, in the past, in, the, in the, some of the previous chapters, uh, Sister White and her husband's struggle with the church and the, especially particularly the church at Battle Creek and um, how they were not very, they were attacked and accused of all sorts of things by the church of Battle Creek, including being money greedy, money hungry and overreaching and just all sorts of things that they were accusing them of. And um, th that couldn't have been further from the truth. And it got them very discouraged. And her, when her husband was sick, they accused her of being extravagant and going and buying a chair for him. And they needed a, a carriage because they were just traveling and the, the carriage that they had, they were sick and, oh, they were having a time traveling from place to place. And then, Luckily, someone else bought them a carriage so that they didn't have that accusation against them of going out and buying a new carriage. God forbid, you know, um, but there were so many uh, just accusations against them for just living and doing God's work. But, you know, the, this, the Bible says that uh, if, if anyone come after him, that, you know, or if it, all who live godly in Christ Jesus, what, what, what what's the end of that? Suffer, we'll suffer persecution. persecution. That's right. That's right. And and, and he says that uh, Jesus also said that that um, if the master had to go through it, his followers will have to go through it. So it's 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 not uh, a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that when you are following Christ, you're going to have haters, and they're going to come. And also because the wheat and the tear grow together, they're in the church. And so after all of this, uh, then Battle Creek, after a period of, I guess, prayer and fasting and, and coming together, this is the response. This chapter deals with the response from Battle Creek. Again, after much prayer and, 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 and much consideration and much fasting. And so this chapter uh, deals with, I guess, their reconsideration and their repentance, the church, uh, in, in the things that their, their part in, in, in this persecution of Sister White and her husband. Um, and it, it, it talks out saying, it starts out talking about um, how they have known for a long time of the sacrifices that the whites have made in the past. And um, they've known them for many years. Chapter one. And the labors that they have 
that they have um, gone through for the church and that um, they have been witnesses of the blessings of God that has attended the plain and searching testimony of the whites. And, and, they, and they say that they have long been convinced that the teachings of the Holy Spirit and Sister White's visions were indispensable to the welfare of the people who are preparing for translation into the kingdom of God. Now, of course, we know that those people at, the, at that particular time, uh, back in the 1800s, would not be translated into the kingdom of God, but they would be raised, any of them that, that were sealed at the time of their passing would be raised. But uh, she says that, uh, or it says here in this chapter that, um, talking about the whites, that, that in no other way can secret sins be rebuked and base men who creep in unawares into the flock of God be exposed and baffled in their evil designs. And, and that's one good thing about the word of God. It exposes Satan, but it also reveals who God is. And so um, it says, long experience has taught us that such a gift is of inestimable inestimable value to the people of God. And it says, we believe also that God has called Brother White to bear a plain testimony in reproving wrongs thus made manifest and that this work he should have and that in this work, he should have the support of those who truly fear God. So this really sounds like a total about face of the church at Battle Creek because previously they were attacking them and saying these people were from God. You know, they were extravagant and they were money greedy. And uh, remember at one point uh, they were moving and and uh, their son, their young, they were going to throw some bottles away. And their son said, why don't we just wash them out of the And so they and there so, was a man in the carriage with them. And they, Brother White took his son to town with them to sell the bottles. They, they and, and they told their son, well, you know what, if you want to wash them out and go into town and try to sell them, whatever money you get for them is yours. Well, the man that was in the carriage with him didn't know that they had had this conversation with their son. And he thought Brother White was selling them. And, 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 and for whatever reason, he told this story about, oh, these people are just money hungry and money greedy. And they just, it was a crazy, it was the craziest thing. And it's like, what is it to you if they sell some bottles? You know, but any, in any event, it's just all kind of accusations were flying back and forth. And he never even had a conversation with the Whites about why they were doing that or what was being done. Um, but so this is a total about face of the church at Battle Creek. And now they're, they're talking about, you know, they believe now in the testimonies and, and in the reproving of the, that the whites have been doing and bearing a plain straight testimony about, you know, what they see and the wrongs that they see and reproving those wrongs. Any comments on that? One of the things I was taking note of is they were saying that <clears throat> the people selling pot bottles and he said they just want money. Uh, nobody sells pot bottles because they want money. It's because they need money. Nobody, you know, that's not like your occupation on purpose. That's just a way that you can get something. Usually you're in a bad situation when you have to sell yeah. pot bottles right. unless you're a little kid or something. That's absolutely right. When I see people on the side of the road collecting uh, uh, soda cans, I don't think, oh, they're money greedy. I think, you know, they are needy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
people need money they don't just want it yeah the other thing i was wishing that there was like a timeline as to how long this has been you know how long between their criticism and then this letter Mm. wish i had known how long that was Mm. Mm -hmm. um and then in the next paragraph oh i'm sorry no go ahead I think too when you when you when I think about this paragraph, I think about when she goes on to say that he had that uh when he, we when the last part you read, we believe also that God has called Brother White to bear a plain testimony, so it's letting the you know the people know that even though whatever you call yourself doing, God still led my husband to have a testimony. And it, and and it was a testimony to them that that really had to take a look. And I think sometimes we do have to take a look at ourselves by us criticizing what's going on. Are we being led by God? And if we're criticizing, we're not. We're we're putting brothers and sisters down, especially Brother White during that time. And he had a testimony to let them know that God is still with me and God is still going to use me. And if you don't fear God enough, I do. So he stood for God no matter what they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I was looking at, <clears throat> at the different um, people who signed this letter, you know, down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And these folks are like historical pillars of the church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, men and women who were known to study the Bible and who believed in the scriptures and they, you know, had memorized chapters and knew a lot uh, about the deep things of the scriptures. So I could kind of see with them having that type of background that they would be possibly, could possibly be skeptical of different things because maybe, you know how when you are a Bible student and somebody says something new to you, then you start thinking, have I read that? I have never read that. You know, you start wondering if this person is, what they're saying is true or right until you go back later and and study on it. And then these folks said, we have long been convinced the teachings are indispensable to the welfare of the people preparing for translation into the kingdom of God. And also that this gift is inestimable value to the people of God. So that's still the same today that the testimonies and the spirit of prophecy writings are still indispensable to those who are preparing for translation. But the way people act nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, Sister White's writing, you take it or leave it. It's not a foundation of the church. It's, it's not about in the uh, biblical blah, blah, blah. But these scholars, have, you know, realize that, hey, these visions and testimonies are indispensable and inestimable value. And it's just say that people today don't recognize the value of spirit of prophecy writings. Mm. Yes. And that's true. Some people, some people will dismiss the spirit of prophecy, but then you have to wonder how much of the Bible do they actually dismiss also, you know? Um, in the next uh, paragraph, it, she says, or they say, of the church, and this is the church speaking at this point in time. It says, we have learned by painful experience also that when these testimonies are silent or their warning lightly regarded, 
coldness, backsliding, worldly mindedness, and spiritual darkness takes possession of the church. And so here, this, I mean, at this point, they're saying that, you know, these testimonies are important. They must be, they must be spoken because the, the result of them not being spoken or the result of um, just, just being silent is this, is this backsliding, coldness, worldly mindedness and spiritual darkness. And so yeah. God would okay. have a reprover. You know, I remember, I don't know if you, you all remember Jeremiah in the Bible. And Jeremiah came up against some hard times because <laughs> he was speaking the truth and the people didn't want to hear it. They wanted to hear pleasing things. They wanted to hear only good things. But that's not what Jer Jeremiah was sent there to do. He was sent there to speak the truth. And isn't it interesting that a lot of people don't have a love of the truth. They just want to hear what they want to hear. And they totally reject anything else. Yeah, and it's like, I think Isaiah says smooth sayings for itching ears is what people want. They mm -hmm. want to be uh, cuddled and coddled and patted on the back for doing the minimum. But like our message today was uh, fix your focus. We have to change our focus on things above and not things of this world. Because if our focus is on things of the world, then yeah, we're gonna end up worldly minded, backsliding in spiritual darkness because the things of the world are the things of Satan. So we do need to fix our focus or change our focus. Like they're saying to the, the testimonies, uh, the testimonies of God, the Holy Bible, the Holy Scriptures and the spirit of prophecy writings too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have any comments on that part? Okay, and then near the end of that paragraph, it says that um, the fearful apostasy of those who have slighted and despised these plain, straightforward testimonies has furnished many sad proofs of the dangerous business of doing despite to the spirit of grace. And so again, you know, when you reject truth, that just leaves you in a, in a worse place than if you had never heard the truth. Hmm. Yeah, and this is really interesting because I had personal experience with some people who were church members. And for some reason, they started speaking negative about the spirit of prophecy. Uh, all those writings, they're not part of the Bible. They're not that important. Or, oh, she wasn't all this and that. And we don't have to do all that. And, you know, the people who were saying that ended up out of the church. They had backslid out of the church. They had tried to set up their own little churches, which failed miserably and just kept going downhill after that. But, you know, also, uh, Elder Carol and everybody, you know, I told you about what they were saying to me about what do you need to know that for? I said, when they, when Satan realizes that the, that you're going to get some new light from God, even reading the spirit of prophecy, because that's one of the things that God says his last day, last day church would have. I think Satan has a way of saying, well, I'm going to send somebody and I'm going to keep them on her. Why is she wanting to know about this? And why is she wanting to know about that? And it takes the Holy Spirit to say, 
you know, put that smile on your face, be gentle as a dove, and let them know, I'm not the one doing it. God is leading me there. The Holy Spirit is leading me there so I can learn. And 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 so I think when they realize that they're not, they can't push you and they're saying, you know, Ellen White ain't that important, girl, you don't need that. That's for them. That's not for me. And you and you with the connection with God, you have to know when God is saying there are people that will come to you with good advice for me. And there are people that will come to you because they want you to be just like them. I won't be ignorant. And I'm not I don't mean to call them ignorant. I'm just saying to the to the point that they don't see that prophecy is important to learn about because it goes along with the holy word. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And 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 the thing about it is is that if we count ourselves among the people that are preparing for our Lord's return, we will be looking at everything that in his word he says is important for us to be looking at and to be studying. And we will not rely on what man is saying, who has no heaven to take us to, <laughs> you know. You know, this is, a, this reading is a kind of a gentle rebuke to us too, as to like trying to read into people's motives and trying to um, like judge people and their behavior by our standards, because we really don't know how God is working with it, people. We just don't know. And it may look like it's the wrong thing to us, but it's God moving in that person's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that a lot of times we will see somebody do something and we will think, huh, that could not possibly be God telling them to do that. But we would have said the same thing about Abraham and Isaac. And he took him up onto the mountain. Mm-hmm. Nah, God wouldn't have told you to slay your son. God wouldn't have told you that. And so we would have judged Abraham. Now, Abraham came back down the mountain with his son. But that was because Abraham was obedient to God. Yeah. You know? we, we really have to have that relationship with the Lord. That when he is telling us something that goes opposite to what we think. know. Yes, to what we think. Then we will do it because we have that relationship. We just got to get this relationship with God. That's really the thing. Mm -hmm. And have to trust him. That's where God wants us. He wants us to get to the place where we trust him, where we cannot trace him, you know, Mm -hmm. and we know his voice. So we know it's him speaking and not some other, you know, spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. you know, And then even when we may not see what we thought would the results would be, we just got to keep moving in faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, and then the next paragraph talks about them having witnessed the great afflictions of brother and sister white, um, dangerous sickness of brother white. We've read about that in previous chapters and then God's hand of restoring them was very apparent to them. And um, they said, probably no other one upon whom such a blow has fallen ever recovered, meaning that 
you know, they did not think Brother White was going to recover, but he did. Um, and then says, uh, yet a severe shock of paralysis ser seriously affecting the brain has by the good hand of God been removed from Brother White and new strength granted him in body and mind. And then it says that um, they, they, they were very um, against uh, Sister White in taking her husband on the Northern tour and in that in the past December. And that, that kind of gives you a time frame, Lee, because we, we, if we go back in some chapters, we know when she took him on that tour. And so this is, I guess, the following spring, maybe. And, um, and she was dictated by the spirit of God, but they were opposed to that action. And they, they didn't do anything to help. But he says, they say in here, we lacked heavenly wisdom in the matter and thus erred, they erred from the right path. And they acknowledged themselves to have been at this time lacking in that deep Christian sympathy that was called for by such great affliction. And so they didn't assist them. They could have assisted them. They could have helped. They could have made the journey easier for them. Because I think at that point, I can't remember right off if they were still in that old bad carriage or if they had gotten a new carriage by then. But it seems to me they might have still been in the old carriage. Um, but they could have helped. And they could have made the stay easier. They could have, you know, assisted financially, but they just didn't. They just were, they were standing in opposition and they stood on that. And um, it said that, uh, but then they, they were slow to see the hand of God and the recovery of Brother White. His labors and sufferings in our behalf, the church's behalf, entitled him to the church's warmest sympathy and support. But they were blinded by the church was blinded by Satan in respect to their own spiritual condition. And now, you, know, you know, Sister Karen, can I stop you for a minute? How mm -hmm. often, you know, and we think in our terms, in, in our days and times, how often has a brother and sister been put down at a church for trying to do what God has led them to do because there's another individual that wants that position and that's jealous? And I said, you, you see it even in Ellen Whitenham's time, but you see it in today's time. Because I didn't get that position and I feel like I'm better than sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, then I'm going to go back and, and make life, try to make it difficult for them. And yet the Holy Spirit steps in and that person becomes successful at the position for doing what God has asked them to do. And you have those that sit back and criticize. And yet, you know, that individual they didn't choose that position. God chose that for them and sent the Holy Spirit to help them to fulfill it by reaching out to those around them that would help them. Instead of us as individuals saying, oh, I, I, I would have been better at that and I could have did better. Why not just say that person has that position and let's give them all the support we can possibly give them. And whatever the Holy Spirit asks us to do to help them, let us have a willful mind and body and soul to help them to succeed instead of to hope that they're going to fail or use, let the devil use us to make them fail in certain areas. Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I was thinking about this. I wonder how many of these people got sick after brother, um, after brother white was sick, you know, like they ran into some illness 
and recognize how difficult it was to overcome that illness. And then, and sometimes God lay us down, put us in the bed so that we can think about him, think about our lives, what we're doing and stuff. And I wonder how many people had that type of experience. But I do think that this is very, very normal. Uh, I think this is a gentle rebuke to us about how we should really, really look at our brothers and sisters. You know, it's, it's not out there. It's not them over there somewhere. It's us. It's us right here on this line of what we do, what we say. Sometimes we don't, we don't really pay attention to our words. And I'm thinking about those uh, Israelites, you know, when they got to grumbling and stuff, then the curse came on them, you know, something bad happened. And I do think it's a huge amount of grumbling, you know, that um, I definitely will have to stop. And I know that others need to stop as well, but I'm just more concerned about my own spiritual stuff right now. Yeah. And think about Miriam. And what, what she did when she, they, when her and uh, I think it was Aaron that criticized, it might not have been Aaron, but I know Miriam, when she criticized Moses, what happened to her? Yeah, she was talking about, yeah, that was like a racist remark she was uh, making about, about his wife. And I took from that, you know, like he didn't get um, leprosy or whatever, like she got. And I think that was because that was a character flaw in her. And he got caught up in the in the um, yeah, like in the environment or whatever. He was he was influenced by her her uh, co- her complaints or words. But I think that was her character that she had a, a jealous streak going on, and it just came out. And I think that's what happened to Erlen White and her husband. You had people mm-hmm. back then that wanted to you know use their little influences instead of searching themselves. So they went out and spread different rumors about the whites and then come to find out, like I said, we're here in, in chapter 105. We're finding out that the church realizes, look what we did to them. Mm-hmm. I right. thought it was interesting where it said we've been witnesses of the great affliction through which brother and sister white have passed. So they knew that they were, the whites were struggling. They knew that they were working for the church. They knew that they had dangerous illness going on, and yet they still were very unchristian and unkind to them. In fact, when we were reading that part about the way they were treating them, uh, I felt like it was really basically cruel, very cruel the way that they were treating these people who were doing all that they could for the <laughs> ch- for their benefit and for their blessing, and yet they just overlooked that, you know, so sometimes when we see other people who are moving out for the Lord and doing different things instead of us acknowledging that, hey, this brother's really working for the Lord, then we unfortunately may allow the devil to get in our minds and think, oh, I should be doing that, or he's not doing it as well as I would, or he just pretending that, you know, that he's doing all this. And we shouldn't allow Satan to get in between us, recognizing that the Lord is with people. And and he, as we said earlier, all those who are going to work godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we should re- remember to be kind and loving and thoughtful and understand what people are going through and, and not allow jealousy to pop his, his uh, ugly head up in our life. Yes. And then the next paragraph deals with what we were talking about earlier, where they were in 
dire need and they asked the church for help and the church felt like they didn't need it, that they were wealthy and they didn't need it. And they, the church turned a deaf ear and blind eye to their need. And now they realize that they really were in they um, and that they um, should have helped them. And it says in the next paragraph that they just there that they acknowledge that their feeling as you were saying was just unfounded and cruel, and that they should have really done further research into the matter. And but they just they just they judged them without any foundation mm -hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. And it says in the next paragraph, we now accept with deep sorrow of heart the reproof given us in this testimony. And we ask that wherein we have erred from the right through our lack of spiritual discernment, we may find forgiveness of God and of his people. So again, this chapter is about a total about face, you know, and I, I'm, I'm really respectful of the position that the church took here because they could have totally planted their foot in error and never budged from that. You know? Yeah. Or even, or even worse, or even more than that, or worse or more common, is they could have each individual person on that committee or group or whatever recognize their wrongness individually but never brought it to the group. And then as a group of people, never apologize or acknowledge their wrongness. And then the church would be built upon that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, uh -huh. it's interesting how the Which pattern of sinking pattern, <laughs> Say that again. Which is that sinking sand. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting how patterns will pass on from one generation to the next generation. That will become the rule that wrong things are done, but we never speak out and we never apologize for what has happened. So now we become that incestuous family with serious, serious um, uh, secrets and, and poor behavior and mistrust and, and painful things happening that are never addressed. That's, you know, and, and, and as a result, there's not gonna be any growth or if you're growing, you bring it in like spiny Christians. They're not, then very few will be able to get hold to the real truth of God because we're modeling such poor behavior. I'll agree with what Lakita <laughs> said about admiring that the church members did recognize they're wrong. And like you said, Karen, they did a total about face. That's what repentance is. So they repented of their wrong and asked God's forgiveness. And I, I think that was very admirable of them to do that because that's very hard, you know, especially, like I said, if you're like a leader in church or you one that's known for Bible study and known to love the Lord, and then you make a huge mistake like that, it takes a lot to come back and say, hey, I was wrong and I apologize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the next paragraph talks about how brother and sister White had been there laboring with them. And it says that uh, that the the signal blessing of God had attended those labors. And it says, not only have deep and heartfelt confessions of backsliding and wrong been made, but solemn vows of repentance and returning to God have accompanied them. 
And the spirit of God had set it still to this work in such a manner that they could, the church could not doubt. And many of the young have been brought to Christ and nearly every person connected with this church has received a share of this heavenly blessing. Isn't that a thought and a wonderful thought at that, 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 that this work was so heartfelt and so uh, thorough that pretty much everyone in the church was blessed by it. That had to be awesome. That had to be absolutely awesome. And you know, that says a lot about Brother and Sister White, that they did not, as far as we would be in this day and time, you know how people say, I, I, I accept that person's apology, but I don't forget it. And I said, but you seen Brother and Sister White said to themselves, God's spirit is with us. We're going to keep working, even though... You know, they, they, I guess the members didn't see it at that time, but they were working for them. And, and, they, saw, and they could see what good that the whites were doing. But mm-hmm. until God convicted their hearts to let them understand that these were, uh, I sent you some servants. And now it's time for you to realize that I blessed them even through what you took them through. Because like you said, God said, we're all going to go through persecution. But the whites were able to say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord no matter what. Right. Right. That is an amazing thing. The faith that the whites had to keep on pushing forward and keep on going regardless because they knew that the signal blessing of God rested on them to impart to the church. Mm, mm, mm. That's a that's a Tori McCray shouting moment. <laughs> Ooh. You know, it wasn't without him <laughs> feeling some kind of way. Because remember one of the previous chapters, Sister uh, White was so hurt by these people's words, and the Holy Spirit took her around to each house because they were trying to prove themselves, et cetera, et cetera. And she, he took them around to each person's house, people who they felt were their friends and like a family member. And these people sitting around the table talking about them and saying mean things. And I know that he, uh, the Holy Spirit did that so that she could release that, that, that desire to be a part of, to be, you know, like we all want to be accepted, you know? And uh, she didn't know what was going on. She was trying to explain herself, thinking they were pure, but they were really just being mean and stuff. So they they still, it was a real struggle. It was an emotional struggle, you know, along with the financial and physical struggle. They were being attacked on every side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can't imagine, uh, most of you that's married, you know, when somebody's coming after your spouse, you are going to get, you are going to get that, 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 that energy that says, oh no, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And you know, we have to respect you for that. You know, you don't just go in and attack somebody's spouse and think that, you know, their, their, their mate is supposed to sit there with a quiet mouth. Mm-hmm. Or even their kids, right? You know, and I really would extend that to friends, you know, like um, it's a hard call. But, you know, if you hear people saying something about your friend, you know, we just don't want to participate in that conversation because that's not being loyal. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to figure it, it takes a lot it's, it's a lot more to be 
a genuine Christian, you know, even when people are not your friends, you, you know, you try not to be a part of attacking other people and then, and, um, you know, with others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to be a Christian regardless of, of mm-hmm. the circumstances that you're in or who you're dealing with, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. I found myself this week, I said, and I know we're not supposed to, you know, look at the news and everything, but I, I found myself saying as a Christian, you know, you know, you're shooting this little black guy, then you done took this little girl and her friends, and they done just, you know, turned around because they in the wrong neighborhood and you're shooting and killing. I found myself saying, Lord, you know, some of them do need to be in prison for life so that they can learn and sit down and be able to meditate on what they did. So, you know, I had to pray for myself. I said, I wouldn't want that to be my family member and somebody saying they need to be in prison for life. But just the ideal, my thing was they need some place to meditate and think about this senseless <laughs> killing or this senseless shooting you just did makes no sense. You know, when I read and yet, the Psalms, And yet you see evil trying to justify it. When I read Psalms, uh, uh, what's his name? David he was not slack about the Lord killing his enemies. He wasn't slack about that. It's some people around here who, like you say, Patsy, if we just give them time out in prison, it's not nice, it's not wonderful, et cetera, et cetera. But it may be the thing they need to break through all this thick skin. You know, to it may take this man five years of being in prison to finally accept, I didn't have to do that. I could have done something different. You know, he'll go through all that. Just, and, and then another five years for him to realize how wrong his thinking is. And then another five years to begin the process of asking for forgiveness. This is a process. And God is trying to save people. You know, there's just no excuse for just you in the house. The door is locked. You're looking at the person. What you don't do is pull out your phone and say, call the police if you feel that afraid. You know, now they didn't do in there that his wife actually shot. Now, that's a legal type of strategy. So now they're getting ready to try to muddy the waters up as to who actually shot him. And then they can't really prosecute anybody because they don't know who shot him. That's crazy. And then I think about many of us that travel. And I'm telling y'all, there's been times that I've been in locations where I've been lost. And I do, I will turn around in somebody's driveway and say, I need to, you know, go back that way. And I, and I just never thought in my mind I would have to worry about if somebody see me uh, turning around in their driveway, are they going to come out and shoot me? Right, right. But here's the thing we have to start thinking about is that as the Holy Spirit is being withdrawn, Mm-hmm. And especially people who were never spiritually minded to begin with. Also, Amen. Ill, people who are mentally ill also. Yes, so, yes. And if you put those two together, then you got a whole third class category of people. And so, <laughs> well, you- <laughs> and so I'm saying that to say, watch and pray. <laughs> watch and pray. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's not, it's, for me, I think looking at the news is important. I think we have to uh, be aware of what's going on. You know, it just should um, create in us a desire to pray more because it is bad. It's getting really pathetic out there, you know, and the, the more out of control 
the leaders of the country are, then the more, you know, the yes. people behind yes. them. Yes. And the influence is a trickle down effect. I was watching, yes. uh, I was watching Dr. Phil yesterday. And oh, he, yes. Did you watch Woo. it? Yes, he, Lord. A young guy on there that he just, he just, I mean, initially when he talked to him, he just was like, hey, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if I see anybody with some money coming out from somewhere, the bank or the grocery store, whatever, I'm gonna take it up off of them. Uh, and I, he, what he, said. Car, he yeah. took cars, he robbed people of their cars. I mean, he was young. He robbed people of cars. Whatever he wanted to do, he just did it. Why wasn't he in jail? Well, the father and the mother, I mean, the father kept saying, you know, I've, I've tried to get him in counseling. I tried to tell the authorities to take him in juvenile. Maybe that, you know, they could get him some help. And they was just like, they told the father if he didn't come and get him, and while they was holding him, they was releasing him. And the father was like, why? And they're like, if the father doesn't come and get him, they're going to they gonna put the charges against the father. Yeah, it was like these were parents that were desperately trying to get the the law to do something regarding their their wayward and delinquent children, and the law was like, no. <laughs> how, how, how old were the kids? How old were they? Uh, well, the gentleman that was 15, you could kind of tell, you know, he had said he had been smoking marijuana and all that, but you can kind of tell there was something mental wasn't, wasn't right with him. And the father was saying, we've been taking him to doctors, you know, and we've asked them, you know, what, you know, is this something that's inside that we, you know, we're not professional doctors, but, you know, he had been diagnosed with some things, but still... He was out there doing this stuff, and they're like, you know, we've we tried the doctors. We're doing everything we said. But then the police is like, every time he got in trouble, you either come down here and get him, or we're going to put charges against you for neglect for not coming to get him. Now, how are they going to charge the parents, but they couldn't mm -hmm. charge the kid? Mm -hmm. That's yep. just ridiculous. Yep. We're going to charge you, and you've been trying to get some help from us, but we're not going to help you. We're just going to charge you. For not coming down here and taking him off our that would be a yeah because of their whole their whole thing and dr phil's whole thing was that you are responsible for this child and don't expect that society or the law is responsible for your minor child until they get a certain age you are responsible and they're this away because of the way you raise them but yeah, I know there are other factors, like often, you know, it could be some genetic something. It could be other factors that are going into that because all the other children in the household are law-abiding, obedient children. But then that yes. one, like, you know, off. You know, you know what? Let's think about it, Karen. Now, look at this little guy. He's all on TV, brazenly seeing this. Now, he probably hasn't hit one beat down, not one out there in the streets. Parents have done everything except with this butt at home. He ain't had no physical pain as a result of this. But look at all of this here, um, these rewards he's getting. He had to have special people talking to him. He goes to the therapist's office. Sometimes people are therapists, by the grace of God, they reinforce the nonsense, candy, cake, cookies, you know, quietly stroking his ego and stuff. That's a bunch of craziness, you know? So, and parents, people don't want, to hear reality. It's like, you know, okay, look, buddy, 
you know, somebody going to, you go ahead and keep on, keep doing what you're doing. Somebody going to beat you up out there in the street. Somebody going to knock you down. They, they don't, no one wants to say that to this little boy, but he needs to face reality. I don't agree. But that you know, everything, I don't believe that everything that happens with children, that the way they turn out is the, the fault of the parent. I mean, you can present, put it before them, right and wrong, and they have free will. They have that from infancy. Free will to make a choice. And, and you know it's not And right. you know, Lakita, the father came there saying, I've told him, he's, you know, he's going to get killed. And if, if he if he doesn't slow down and stuff, but he, I mean, even like like when Karen said, when Doctor Phil talked to him, he was like, "Well, here's my thing. If I see somebody, and he said, even if they coming out of the bank, if he if he think they got money, he gonna take it, and he didn't care how, but he gonna get it." And, well, I can wait, and I can guarantee you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I've had young people tell telling me something similar on that note. And so I put it to him like this. I said, oh, really? So let me ask you, if this, uh, they didn't beat up some little four-year-old and they 12 or 15 or something, and I'll do this and I'll do that. Okay, so let me say that that was Mike Tyson. What would you have done if Mike Tyson accidentally stepped on your foot? <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to answer the question. Because what it comes down to is he's going to pick a feeble old woman. What he's not going to do is go find Mike Tyson. And, and, and take his car or go find, you know, one of these professional boxers or a football player or Michael Jordan. He ain't going to find nobody. He's going to pick the person that he feels. Everybody in America is walking around with somebody. He's choosing the one that won't be him back. And it's always the character of criminals to pick the weakest link, yes. just like they're led by Satan, which is what he did by trying to kill Christ when he was a little baby. So parent. And my thing, too, is just like here in St. Louis, that's the problem we're facing. All these juveniles committing crimes, all these younger people committing crimes. The justice system doesn't do anything but release them back into society to harm and rob and steal and rape and kill other innocent citizens. That's why we have the juvenile system, isn't it? So if you're okay. under a certain age, you got to go to juvenile until you get old enough to go to adult prison. But you shouldn't be blaming the parents after they've done all they can and say if y'all don't do something we're gonna lock you up what kind of nonsense is that that's what we have juvenile system for lock those, them up in those places where you would and they are very expensive but we know someone that paid thirty five thousand dollars a year to have their child who was um wayward placed you know kept you know so those places are expensive. And then if they do the wrong thing, as according to society standards, then they are considered to be abusive. So we got a problem. We have a problem because sometimes people don't really respond to, you know, the regular type of reinforcement. So, you know, we have to get them to a place where they can accept that. But it's a mess. That's a hot mess. I feel sad for the parents because they are stuck, at least for two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not really fair in my opinion that the innocent should suffer while the guilty get away with it but that seems to have been the way life goes on this planet is that the innocent suffer for the sins of the guilty who are just you know like what Kate was saying coddled and let loose and oh they're they had a tough childhood oh yeah. 
They didn't have a father in home. Oh, they didn't pass school up, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, those who are out here working hard, trying to make a living, trying to be somebody and do something productive, they're the ones who are getting punished because the system or the parents, if they didn't do their job, are just allowing this nonsense to continue. Some of these people are truly demon possessed out here. And the only thing that's gonna help them is to lock them up if they don't find Christ first. They yeah. just have to be put away from society. And we don't want to, you don't want to take people's rights away, you know, and stuff. You don't want to just lock up everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I feel sad for the parents because they're gonna be, they all they can do is stand by and watch this kid go hurts. He's really gonna hurt somebody. And, and you notice that when the parents have other kids, you, you have to think the other kids are thinking, look what my older brother and our sister is doing. And my dad and mom is getting stressed out trying to help them. And, and you know, and siblings watch each other. So when they see mom and dad, is, 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 especially for those who's not trying, they just done threw their hands up and said, I'm through. I said, that says something to the other kids. And so, you know, and I used to laugh when my mother used to uh, tell my brothers and sisters, set a good example for your brothers and sisters. And I used to say, that is the craziest thing she used to say, but I understand it as I got older. If you set the standard and me and your dad put our foot down, you know our rules, once you break it, there's consequences. And some of these kids don't have no consequences right now. And I think that's what Sister White says is true. She says, if you train the older ones correctly, then your job will be a lot easier with the younger ones. And I think sometimes people get, I don't know what, what this birth, this child's birth order is, because it could be a lot of things happening in this situation here in terms of birth order. But yeah, that's a, that's a real problem. It's too bad. And it's true, not just in your family, but in society. If you're out there doing wrong and they just pat you on the hand and let you go, other people your age, that's you hanging with say, oh, he stole a car and nothing happened to him. Oh, he broke in a house and stole a TV and nothing happened to him. So they're going to do it. And that's the that's the problem the police in St. Louis are facing now. The people committing crimes are being let out with no consequences, which emboldens the other people to keep committing crimes. It's just a vicious cycle and something needs to change. You know, as soon as somebody's um, out there gets shot and killed, then people are going to be protesting about how he was a young boy with his life ahead of him and stuff. But, you know, it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's just finish up this chapter. Um, so the last paragraph talks about um, they, they wanted the church abroad to understand that their hearts are now in sympathy with brother and sister right and they believe them to be called of God to the responsible work in which they are engaged and they pledge the church at Battle Creek pledge themselves to stand behind them in the work and in behalf of the church uh somebody read off those names that are down there at the bottom some of them should sound familiar Okay. Yeah, those were the people I was saying earlier, the pillars of the church, mm -hmm. the people who were known to be Bible scholars. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Lakita. <laughs> okay, let me get 
Okay, J.N. Andrews, J.N. Lawborough, Joseph Bates, D.T. Bordeaux, A.S. Hutchins, John Byington, and committee. Okay, and, and then going on down, to a couple more. Down. Uriah Smith, J.W. Amadon Elders. Okay. Monday, this was done on Monday evening, October 21st. The foregoing report was unanimously adopted. Yeah, and I think, Lee, that gives you a time frame because it talks about December when uh, the whites went out on the road. So this yeah, is not quite a year. year. Yeah, not quite a year later that the church did an about face. And um, one thing that I, one thing that I like the paragraph in the ending paragraph it says, blah blah blah. We believe them called of God to the responsible work in which they are engaged. So they admitted hey, we were wrong. Now we believe that God is with them. And not only did they believe it, but then they said, and we pledge ourselves to stand by them in this work. So it's not only the mental ascent, but also saying we're willing to work right beside them. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's missing sometimes. A lot of times people say, oh yeah, he's, I believe the Lord's leading them, but they will mm -hmm. not assist or help in any way, even though you may be asking them to. Just don't mm -hmm. want to put forth the effort. Mm -hmm. You right. know what, too? But, but you know, when, when the Holy Spirit is leading people, you know when the Holy Spirit tells you that you may not be able to give the, what, you know, the, the ultimate thing that that person needs, but just doing the little things to help that person. And let me give you an example. Like, Sister Barbara, she gave the word at, at the church today, the Alton Church. But through the week, she called different ones, and she asked, you know, being that she said, I'm going to give the, you know, the message, you know, can you do this, can you do that? There are people at that church that could have jumped in and said, okay, sister, you know, I can do this, I can do that. But then, you know, you find that, you know, when, when God wants you to get, uh, the Holy Spirit is leading you, then you find less friends than when you, than if you weren't going to speak. I mean, you know, we know what I'm trying to say. You got more support when you're not speaking. And then when you get ready to, 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 to do what God says, bring the word, then you find there's less people around. Right. It's kind of like that uh, the little red hen says, who will make me, help me uh, get the seed? Not me, not me, not me. Who will help me? Clean up the kitchen. Not me, not me. Who will help me uh, mix the bread? Not me, not me. Who will help right. me eat the bread? I will. I right. will. <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, but that's in the thing for me is that we just missing out people. You got, you know, you wake up one day, you're going to be like 70 years old. You, 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 you were woke at 20. Somehow you go into a deep comatic state and you just sleep for the next 50 and now you're 70 years old and you wake up and you realize, I wish I could have, would have done more. I wish I could have done this. I wish, but you, it's today, it's right now. This is the time to do it, you know, but people, you know, they just, it's like we're in a coma, man, we're in this coma. That's why they're like, not me, not me. And everything, everybody looks at everything like it's a job, like it's a chore, like it's, you know, something terrible. Nobody ever looks at it well. How can this be beneficial to me? How can this be helpful to me? You know, what is God going to, you know, how is God using me in this? Or how am I blessing others? Nobody think about that. We just think, oh, something else to do, you know. 
We have to change our attitudes. It's just terrible. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen to that. Okay. Um, Lee, where are we next week? Uh, let's see. Chapter four of the book, Christian Service. And we're on the subparagraph, the world stirred with the spirit of war. Elder Carol, can you say that one more time? The world what? Stirred with the spirit of war. Thank you. <clears throat> um, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Lee, can I get you to pray us out? Okay. Dear Father, we thank you for a rousing discussion. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit's leading. We ask and pray that you continue to bless us with an entrance to learn more of thee. Be with each of us, Lord. May the light of Christ shine out from us and glorify our Father in heaven. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. 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 Amen.